0: Alright pal, this is your pal Cal, checking in, it's a Sunday, it's a sunny Sunday, the leaves are in full bloom at the moment, however the ash tree is still the last tree. Today's podcast comes live and direct from Pembrokeshire, South West Wales. We're sitting in the revamped orange slash music room. It's had some furniture taken out of it. It's had some frankincense burn in it. It's had some sofas jiggled about a bit and now it is a creative space. Lots of room for activities, handstands, podcasting. So today's podcast, I'm um, joined by Kate. Do you want to say hello? Hello. Hello. And um, we were basically deciding what I could talk about today on the podcast. So Kate is going to give you a um, an introductory lesson to. Uh,
1: I'm going to talk about bread because um, it's probably a lot of people have started baking more at home, and also I guess it was one of the. Th- first things that we lost and that disappeared from the supermarket shelves, um, flour in particular, um, and just because I love bread. I really, really love bread.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we all love bread. What kind of bread do you like? Do you like your thin whitely sliced? Do you like your wholemeal? Do you like your seeded loaf? Do you like your sour dough? Or do you like the bread that you make yourself?
1: I think there's always gonna be a place in my heart for like supermarket white sliced bread with butter and marmite on you eat rainy days mm. when you love school or something, so it's always a space for that, but
0: Or mayo and cheese white sliced sandwiches?
1: I guess the the this is the point of bread is that Probably what we eat now, out of any other foods that we eat, is that bread has come furthest from the product that it once was. Which was? Flour, water, salt. And yeast. And yeast. Which I guess is an ingredient, but... I guess it was something that wasn't always added to bread. It was something more that grew in bread.
0: <laughs> right, and that's kind of like what a sourdough starter
1: is, is it? Yeah, so sourdough starters just flour and water. And over the course of a few days, the, the, the sugars that are in, present in the flour will draw in yeast from... The atmosphere around you and probably from the palms of your hands when you touch it as well. So in that sense, every loaf that you make, depending on where you are, is probably pretty unique because there's so many different varieties of yeast in the air around you. So if you make a loaf in China, it might be different than <laughs> like a loaf if you made it in Pembrokeshire. Or in Kamalazhya. <laughs> I don't know how much it changes.
0: Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's just like how trees are native to a specific country, but they're also native to a local area. And you wouldn't want to be growing a tree that was born in Scotland down here, although the most trees that are born, well, they obviously not born, but grown from seed, do you come from Scotland, anyway, going hmm. back to bread?
1: I guess like, that's the same as well when you think about growing the wheat as well. So, every, I think, well, the, the oldest records of wheat that we know of um, started as, as wild plants and then they were sort of like bred and domesticated through the introduction of agriculture. So... There's varieties of wheat. We 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 actually planted a variety, just a small square yesterday, of a variety of wheat called einkorn, which is one of the oldest known varieties of wheat. Um, and they all sort of originated from a place called the Fertile Crescent, which runs sort of along, like, the Iraq-Iran border and encompasses... Mesopotamia? Mesopotamia. Well, I just heard that word today, so... Um, Yeah, Mesopotamia, which, yeah, is, I think it was some people called the Sumas, maybe. Um, This is around about, like, 2000 BC or something. Um, Yeah, so they, I guess it's called the Cradle of Civilization, which I've heard the term. Um, Yeah, so all of these weeks would have been bread there and what they would have done is they would have saved the seed each year from each sort of like batch of wheat that they were growing and then they would have used that to replant the following year. So the wheat became accustomed to the area that it was grown in because only the seeds that was did well survived. So then year on year you ended up with a more resistant crop, um, and now I think we don't get a lot of our wheat from our local environment. Most of the bread that we eat comes from wheat grown in in um, America, Canada. Quite a lot of Canadian wheat as well. It's like in it. It's a bit difficult in the UK. Sometimes you can't grow, it's, it's difficult to grow wheat here with really high protein content sometimes so um, Canadian flour is like the environment there is suited to be able to grow wheat with high protein content so that's why I think over time it became favoured to use a foreign wheat because it has a higher protein content which means that the gluten is, is higher so therefore then you. It's easier to, to bake a loaf with it, I guess.
0: Like, it's harder to bake with rye. Well, is rye actually a type of wheat?
1: Yeah, rye right, is a... I guess it's a grain. It's, it's a grain. grain is the term. And it's very low used. in
0: gluten. And it's also very difficult to make a loaf of bread. 100% rye.
1: Yeah, it's quite a thirsty grain. You normally have to add a bit more water to it. But um, this really beautiful grain to grow out of all of them it's probably the most beautiful one in the field because it's it almost looks a bit like a peacock feather. It's got those colours on it. And
0: so going back to what you just said about um, how we're not really eating wheat that is grown in our local area. And then previously we just talked about when you're making bread and how the yeast is um very specific to your environment that you're making it in so following through with that thought would that mean then that we are eating bread that isn't from our local area and then does it does it i mean does that have a consequence
1: I think it's definitely like in the last couple of weeks in terms of, of being able to access flour it's really difficult. It's something that we've got absolutely no control over and um, it's, it's a bit easier to start just like buying local vegetables in that way, like we never really think about maybe we could go out and buy local flour because I guess it's like less in our sort of like awareness almost. about. Well, it's
0: definitely not in our generation, is it? No. Or the generation before? Probably, what, pre-war?
1: Yeah, I think it's when when these larger-scale mills started coming into place. um, And also, sort of, like, the type of wheat that we grow changed really dramatically um, after the Green Revolution and the introduction of agrochemicals and... um, when we started to produce more food, basically, because there was quite a famous plant breeder called Norman Borlaug. I think that's how you pronounce his last name, Borlaug. Uh, He bred different varieties of wheat, um, basically to make them sort of seed at the same time. He also made them extremely short, so you might have seen in a field there's like varieties of wheat that sort of grow two to three foot high, whereas the old varieties of wheat will grow sort of more like my height, maybe like five, five foot, five six foot. Um, so it was it was through that really that we started then to just produce wheat on on a much lar- larger scale. Um, and these also these varieties of wheat, because of the height of the old wheat, they often Sort of shaded out a lot of the weeds, but with these shorter varieties of wheat, they were much more suited to like modern mechanical ways of agriculture, where um, you know they're very much suited to, to being to being sprayed with a, herb, with a herbicide, really. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably when we started to have a big disconnect from. From the wheat that we eat, and along along with that as well, we sort of when we lost the the growth of the ancient ancient grains, we also then lost the small scale machinery that also came with it in terms of processing. So now, for small scale grain growers, it's a lot harder to be able to get you know that that grain of wheat to a loaf of bread because you rely on these big scale mills
0: um. that's it and in France um, on my cycloventures last year I did manage to see some small scale machinery and they have them in say say one for every wee town mm. so that small scale growers can bring their grains to, just like communal cider presses or communal, communal I don't know mills.
1: Yeah, because you need to to process grain. There's a few different steps. So, um, I mean, even to be able to get the seed in the ground in the first place, you need some sort of like small scale machinery, like tractors. In 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 the good old days, I guess they used to do something called broadcasting, where they used to use something like a, it's called a seed fiddle, and used to walk up and down the fields, and this used to sort of like strew. St- the, the grains were strewn across the field, um, and then uh, after you harvest it, so you obviously need um, more machinery to harvest it. Uh, then you need something; you need to winnow and thresh the grain, so that basically separates the wheat from the chaff. Um, so you need a winnower and a thresher, and then also if you have weed seed in with your in with the grain, you also need a, a cleaner as well. So this is another sort of, like, old, old part of machinery that's, like, quite hard to get hold of at the moment. Um, so those are three...
0: That's even before it's in the ground. Uh,
1: so this is... this is
0: A winnower, a thresher and a cleaner to get the clean seeds before y- it's to be sowed.
1: Yeah, and then you can re-sow the seed and then also from that you can also mill it. So on top of that, I guess, if you're going to make bread, you also need to have a mill. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it's... Yeah, it's been lost, really, the... Um, small scale grain growing
0: Thank you very much Kate That was a wee history lesson on bread on wheat, part one We'll have part two about milling and part three about baking, your favourite the nation's favourite a loaf of tasty bread Have you got any final thoughts or final words that you want to say Kate?
1: It's the best thing since unsliced bread